It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can find all of our podcast content on Facebook. You can always subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you can find podcasts. So you can find Locked On Packers, and that includes your interactive home devices, Alexa, Google Home. We're always there for you. And also always there is the Locked On Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775. And we're going to focus a lot on the Locked On Packers fan hotline today. We're going to save Expert Tuesday a little bit. Uh, we have a, a busy week of guests, and we're going to have uh, the, our Locked On 49ers crossover show tomorrow. Uh, Melissa Jacobs from The Football Girl is going to be here on Thursday to talk more about San Francisco. And then Doug Farrar, formerly of Football Outsiders, formerly of Sports Illustrated, of Bleacher Report, and now at USA Today is going to be on the show on Friday to talk about Mike McCarthy, this offense, and a whole host of other things. Farrar has been documenting the stagnation of the Green Bay Packers offense for a long time, and Robert Mays has written some things at The Ringer recently. it's, It's really interesting to hear his perspective because he is a Bears fan, Chicago born and raised, and yet his admiration for Aaron Rodgers is boundless. And so he is seemingly just as frustrated as everyone else that Green Bay and Mike McCarthy can't seem to get out of their own way when it comes to building an offense around Aaron Rodgers and the things that he does best. And so what I wanted to do, we're going to talk about Mike McCarthy because I wrote about him yesterday for Acme Packing Company, but there was a lot of negativity And I wanted to give you an opportunity to get some of that out. So I'm going to read some of these texts from the Locked on Packers fan hotline. But I I wanted to start with probably the best voicemail, the most on-brand voicemail that I've gotten from the Locked on Packers fan hotline to date. Yeah. Hi, Peter. What's happening? Tim from Milwaukee calling. Listen, I watched the game today. I'm going to need you to come in early and get to work on those TPS reports as soon as possible. Okay? Thank you, Peter. And by TPS reports, Peter, I mean total Packers screw-ups. What the heck is going on in Green Bay? (laughs) I mean, what? I'm, uh, Peter, I'm speechless. I mean, Special teams, defense, offense, all get D minuses. It was it was terrible. But uh yeah, let's get to work on the TPS reports, shall we? 
I'd like to know that every week. Total Packers screw-ups. Hopefully, next week, there'll be less of them. I'll stay locked on. Unfortunately, the TPS report from Sunday's game would be too long to document. I would I would definitely have to work over the weekend, would have to come in on Saturday, and uh, that would not be great. So... Uh, also not great, uh, the attitude in some of these texts, and I don't, I don't blame you. Uh, it was upsetting to watch what happened on Sunday for the Green Bay Packers because this is a talented roster. So here are just, this is just a smattering of some of the upset texts that I got, and, and we'll get to some of the, the, I would say, more forceful ones when we talk about Mike McCarthy a little bit later, but but here's just a couple. Hi, Peter. I think this team needs a relaxed moment from Rodgers because they've looked like trash every single game this season. They could easily be 0-4. That from Joe from Fond du Lac. This from Thomas in Independence, Kentucky. How do I stop being pissed off at this team? (laughs) Chris from Eau Claire at halftime. By my count, Rodgers has a dozen plays he should receive a negative grade on. He's at his best when he takes what the defense gives him and creating after the original play design fails. Rodgers has always struggled the most when he holds the ball trying to force the play. I could go on and on. And Alex from New Jersey says, seriously, what is the point of returning kicks anymore? Blocks in the back on all of them, seemingly. I understand the frustration. And those were that is frustration in Aaron Rodgers, frustration in the whole team, frustration in special teams, and all of that stuff is totally warranted. And I was like you, very frustrated after what happened on Sunday, this is a team that th- I think two two and one, and and presumably three two and one after this week against San Francisco. If they don't if they don't win this week, uh, the season is not only over, but so is Mike McCarthy's career. Um, I think a number of players are it, this. It would be wholesale changes for the Green Bay Packers organization if. Uh, they lose to San Francisco and ultimately, because if they lose to San Francisco, there's just no coming back. This is an irredeemable team if that is what happens. But if they're three, two, and one, let's just say the Clay Matthews play is called correctly or Mason Crosby makes that 52-yarder at the end of regulation. Green Bay going into the bye is four and two. And Packer fans feel a lot better about four and two than three, two, and one, especially with a trip to Foxborough and the Los Angeles Coliseum on deck right after the bye week. Now, the Rams did not look as invincible on Sunday as they had earlier in the year, but they're still really good and and they're still playing much better than Green Bay. They're probably more naturally talented than Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers would be the difference. You hope by then Aaron Rodgers is is close to fully healthy. But I want to point something out that I think is really important here. It took Mason Crosby missing a field goal, a botched roughing the passer call, and and a epic defensive collapse in the fourth quarter to cause them to tie against a Vikings team it turns out actually is pretty good. And they played about a half an hour of extra football that they didn't need to play in heat in a game that they ended up tying, and and there was absolutely a hangover effect against Washington. And, and I can't say that's the reason that Randall Cobb dropped so many passes. I can't see that that's the reason the defense didn't play well in the first half. But it did seem to absolutely affect them on the road against a, a quality NFC team, or at least a, an, a slightly above average NFC team. Okay, things happen. 
against Detroit, it took a phantom call on Kevin King that he still insists was a bad call. Tremont Williams was told he was he was informed by a referee that he thought it hit a Lions player first, and then upon further review, um, you know the officials determined that it didn't. Now it it did. Um, that referee was right. It did hit the Lions player first. That's an unlucky break. It costs you seven points. Aaron Rodgers never in his career has lost two fumbles. He lost two fumbles in the first half, and that leads to 10 Detroit Lions points. Mason Crosby never in his life missed three field goals. He misses five total kicks and costs Green Bay at least 10 points. And yet, this is a game that Green Bay only loses by eight. The offense puts up over 500 yards. They moved up and down at will on this Lions team. They didn't punt, okay? They didn't punt the ball against the Lions. They were getting everything they wanted. They had some miscommunications on some third downs, a couple just wonky executions. When you're playing with one healthy receiver and three rookies, that is going to happen at times. There is still no excuse for what happened with Aaron Jones and the, and the number of snaps that he took. No excuse for that. But this was a weird game from the outset. A Murphy's Law game was what I called it. And it, sometimes those things just happen. I mean, anyone who's ever played Madden knows at a certain point the CPU just decides you're not winning this game and the only thing you can do to win is restart it. It felt like that kind of game on Sunday for the Packers. Here is the good news, though, and the silver lining for this team is Philadelphia lost, Atlanta lost. I don't think anyone thinks the Bears are a are a twelve win team or anything like that. So, and and the Viking schedule is still brutal. The NFC South is probably going to get two playoff teams. The NFC East, I mean, they should count their lucky stars. They're going to get one playoff team. The NFC West is not going to get two playoff teams. It's going to be the Rams, and that's it. And that leaves the NFC North. So even if, let's say, Green Bay wins this week, they go to 3-2. and two. They lose the next two. They're th- so they're 3-2-1. and one. They go to 3-4-1. and one. They beat Miami at home. They're 4-4-1. Four, four and one. They go on the road to Seattle, who, who doesn't look like a very good team. They have to go to Minnesota, but they get the Cardinals. They get the Falcons at home. They get the Jets. They get the Lions at home. And they have at Chicago in December. Is anyone really that scared of Chicago? So that means after those two road games, at Rams and at New England, they have road games at Seattle, at Minnesota, and at Chicago. They can win two of those three. Hell, they can win all three. So even if they have four losses... After the the Patriots game, there's probably they they can manage the schedule. So there's only one or two more losses on the schedule after that. The schedule eases up for them, especially with the way Atlanta's playing defense. It's not crazy to think that that after the Patriots game, they can run the table. I mean, it's it's genuinely not crazy. Now losing the Washington game, that that team seems like an inferior game or inferior team that hurts. Losing this game, this is a division opponent. Things happen on the road in the division. 
Green Bay can absolutely go beat Minnesota in Minnesota. They can absolutely go to Chicago and beat Chicago in Chicago. And they can absolutely go to Seattle and beat Seattle in Seattle. And they should win all of their other home games plus on the road against the Jets. That could be 10 wins. It could be 11 wins. Right now, the way the NFC is shaping up, that's enough. And it's potentially enough to get into the postseason as a three seed because, I mean, eight wins might win the NFC East. At this point, there isn't a, there isn't a team over 500 in the NFC East. And Washington didn't inspire a lot of confidence on Monday night against the Saints. Green Bay can't feel like their season is over. This team is too talented. They have the talent to compete in the NFC. They just have to play better. The reason I went through that whole litany of things that went wrong in Detroit and that the, the litany of things that went wrong against Minnesota and, and the circumstances that were stacked against them in Washington and took the worst Randall Cobb game of his career. I mean, Green Bay isn't playing its best football. And in a year like 2015, and we're going to get to this in a second, they never did. But in 2016, they did. And they lit the league on fire. And in 2014, they got it figured out and they lit the league on fire. This team with Mike McCarthy, I know this is hard to believe, but this team with these players and with this scheme can absolutely be a dangerous NFC playoff team. They just have to go do it. And that's the part of this that's obviously the hardest part for Green Bay. And it starts this week with San Francisco. And right now, Green Bay is a nine and a half point favorite against C.J. Beathard and the San Francisco 49ers on Monday night. And that line seems a little wonky, but what would you have to make it in order to want to take the 49ers at Lambeau in primetime against a pissed off Packers team? That's just the nature of gambling. My picks this week were uh, an atrocity. I don't even want to tell you what the record was against the spread. But these things turn. I had great picks last year. The picks are off to a little bit of a slow start. That is the nature of this. And if you think your picks are better than mine, frankly, they probably are, you should go to my bookie. They've been in business for years, have great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. That's why I'm urging you to go to my bookie because when you win, they pay. They have live in-game betting over-unders for fantasy points, so you don't need any sort of special gambling knowledge to win money today at MyBookie. They are so player-friendly that they are slammed with bettors, and they still want to give you the best customer service that they possibly can. So, if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern, they'll give you an additional $25 in free play on any deposit over $100 plus. MyBookie will match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000 when you use the promo code LOCKEDON25. Go to MyBookie and use the promo code LOCKEDON25 to get that dollar for dollar deposit bonus up to $1,000. And if you're willing to wait to deposit until after 7 p.m., you'll get an additional $25 in free play. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. And let's say you had a bad week, like I did with my picks, and you need a little bit of extra money, or, or you need to save a little bit of money. I've got just the place, because clothes are so expensive now, and there is a place you can go 
to get clothes at a discount that you still want to wear. It's called Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Stop driving to store after store and sifting through racks. Easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds on Swap.com with easy-to-use filters to find just what you need. Swap.com is the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. And with Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail prices on your favorite brands like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, and Gap. These are quality, hand-inspected items that are added every day. And if something doesn't fit, enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. And there's a special offer for Locked On Packers listeners. Get 35% off select items for your first order with promo code Locked on. Plus, find new deals every day at swap.com's homepage. I saved some of the angry Packers texts on a specific topic so that we could get to them. I, th- I think you'll find pretty quickly what the theme is here. And, and we won't bury the lead. Can we finally agree that the Packers need to fire Mike McCarthy? This team is the worst coach and prepared team in the NFL and has been for years now. Fire him, Adam, in Colorado. This one from Matt in Iowa City. Troy Brown, I don't care if I got his name wrong, it's Tony Brown, gave Mike McCarthy a perfect opportunity to do something he never does, show some fire. An inexcusably dumb penalty draws only a head shake from the head coach. When he addresses him, come on, Mike, you have to get heated and in his face. He's an undrafted rookie. Either undress him or send him to the showers. Put the team on notice that nothing is promised, not the playoffs and not even a plane ticket home. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Is it just time for McCarthy to be replaced? He's a good coach, but there has been so many times in the past few years where they have looked unprepared and outcoached. I think Rodgers has covered for flaws for so long. Maybe they need a new voice who is willing to game plan to the strengths of his players. Jamin in St. Churia, Wisconsin. Jamin, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name. Hit up the Lockdown Packers hotline and let me know how to pronounce your name, and I promise I will correct it on the next show if I got it wrong. And then Sean from Illinois says, Hey, Peter, if McCarthy keeps this horrible performance up, is it safe to assume he'll get fired? If that did happen, who'd be on the market to replace him? I think this team needs a young, fresh mind at the controls. Did you catch the theme there? I wrote for Acme Packing Company yesterday about why a repeat of 2015 is unacceptable for the Green Bay Packers in 2018. And it was actually the 2016 season that saved Mike McCarthy's job. 2018 put him in a precarious position. Green Bay did not respond well to his play calling switch. And then even when he regained play calling duties, the offense did not adjust to to Jordy Nelson's loss or to Devontae Adams' injury or Eddie Lacy's decline. Mike McCarthy is a great coach when he can call the plays that he wants to call with, with his scheme in mind. And it was a great offense when they had Jordy Nelson and Jermichael Finley and Greg Jennings and Donald Driver and James Jones and a great offensive line and Aaron Rodgers It's a great offense then. In 2018, you're not taking advantage of the rules. You're not taking advantage of matchups and scheme opportunities when this is the offense that you run. And this team can still put it all together. They played well at the beginning of 2017. They played great at the end of 2016. And they did it without the RPO. And they did it without some of the spread concepts that teams are using today to great effect. They don't have to run a college offense to be effective. We've seen that. 
And we've seen it recently. But I had a line in the piece yesterday, which I encourage you to go read. And it was essentially either Mike McCarthy evolves and he and he progresses and moves this offense forward, or he goes quietly into that good night. Those are the two options at this point. And Green Bay goes to Los Angeles after the bye week and then to New England. And Mike McCarthy is going to be coaching for his job in those games. Point blank period. Coaching for his job. And Green Bay doesn't have to win those games. But if they get embarrassed, if they get their pants pulled down, then Mike McCarthy's tenure as head coach in Green Bay will come to an end because Mark Murphy installed himself as de facto owner of the Packers or at least supreme decision maker of the Packers specifically so that these kinds of decisions could be made and you could insulate the GM from making them. Mark, Mur- It will be up to Mark Murphy. Now, Mark Murphy likes Mike McCarthy. They are close, but Mark Murphy is also an old school football guy who wants to win. And he understands that a message in a locker room can get stale. And if if Aaron Rodgers wants to get a little Machiavellian on this, all he has to do is go to Mark Murphy and say, I, w- I think we need a new coach. And I think that would carry serious weight within this organization. As far as candidates go, and I don't want to dive too deep into this because there's still, like I said, plenty of time to turn this around. I, I spent the whole... First block talking about why the season's not over, and now we're going to spend the whole second block talking about why McCarthy needs to go and who could replace him. Uh, I understand that that is what's called a mixed message, <laughs> but uh, I think both are worth talking about because both are things that are very much on the minds of fans at this moment. I think the the guy that, that um, combines both the requirements of the job and some level of likelihood to be in line to be a head coach and, and find this job appealing next year is John Filippo, the offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. Not only did he get a game ball, by the way, for beating the Eagles on Sunday, uh, he was instrumental in the development of Carson Wentz and that Doug Peterson offense He has continued it in Minnesota. He was considered an up-and-coming young coach in Cleveland, helped Johnny Manziel become something, and has been considered somewhat of a quarterback guru ever since then. He's relatively young, and I think he's the kind of coach that Aaron Rodgers would really like to work with. I think the other name that that I I would put out there is obviously the the name that has been most discussed in in any coaching search for next offseason, and that's Lincoln Riley. The Oklahoma head coach, this is this is a very young head coach, not just in his age, but in his experience. Uh, he, he helped Baker Mayfield become a superstar, but that's about it. Uh, he had a lot of talent at Oklahoma. We don't know really what his coaching bona fides are at this point, except that every NFL coach apparently this offseason called him to say, hey, can we talk about the RPO and some of your spread concepts? So there is that. But we also don't know um, what he wants to get paid. We don't know what his job requirements would be. Would he want final say on roster? Would he want uh, decision making over who the GM is? Would he want, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors at play. Would he be willing to leave Oklahoma at all for an NFL job? And and would a job like Cleveland, a place with a lot of cap space and a lot of young talent, including his former quarterback, 
be a more ideal landing spot for him in his mind. I think Lincoln Riley and Aaron Rodgers would get along famously. I think they would light the league on fire. And I mean, I think that is, you know, the full en fuego option here. But the other thing is, number one, Green Bay is not going to fire Mike McCarthy in the middle of the season. Under no circumstances is that going to happen because who are you going to replace him with? Joe Philbin, we know what that looks like. Mike Patton, we know what that looks like. He has said he doesn't want to be a head coach again, even an interim head coach. So is it going to be Ron Zook? I mean, come on. It doesn't do any good to fire anyone in the middle of the season, at least not a head coaching-wise. Coordinators, you know, we, we saw Cincinnati. They, they fired Ken Zampezi, turned the, the offense over to Bill Lazor, and that offense has taken off since then. If Mike McCarthy were willing to bring in an offensive coordinator and let him call plays, you know, maybe that's an option. Maybe that is the happy medium for Green Bay this offseason. They bring in, you know, sorry, Joe, it's it's been nice. We, we really appreciate all the work that you've put in here, but this is the this is the person we want to come in and, and run this team. But that seems that seems far fetched, and and there aren't even a lot of of great candidates for that at this point, just because of of where the league is and and all of the coaching changes last off season. You know, someone like like James Franklin, or you know Joe Moorhead. Joe Moorhead just started at Mississippi State. I, I sort of like that idea of having someone like that come in and, and call your offense. But I, I just that's not the kind of thing that, that I think is is realistic. You know, could someone like Jeff Scott, the co-offensive coordinator for Clemson, be an appealing option at offensive coordinator? Uh, th- these are these are less clear options. You know, you look around the league and and it's it's a little bleak. In terms of obvious coaching hires, I think if, if Green Bay wants to make a change, it has to be at the top, specifically because it would be a lot harder, I think, for Mike McCarthy to come in and say, okay, this is someone else's offense now, and I'm just going to be the head coach. Maybe it would allow him to make better decisions going forward on fourth down. You know, we haven't seen a surprise onside. Do you remember, in two, I mean, just think about 2011, how aggressive Mike McCarthy was. He would call surprise onsides. There were like borderline trick plays. He was uh, aggressive at all parts of the field. Third and 15, he's trying to pick up 40. I mean, he was just a different guy. And and I don't know what has changed, but something clearly has. And that thing needs to change for this offense to get moving back in the right direction. Before we finish up, I want to talk to you a little bit about Loci. They're a new sponsor of the podcast and you have seen their bracelets already on Packers players. You've seen them on Oakland Athletics uh, players and coaches. At least I have. And if you haven't, you haven't been looking. But the Packers absolutely were wearing them on Sunday. And you could be getting them too because they are partners of the podcast. Here's the great thing about Loki. It's more than just game day swag. Although it is absolutely that. It's all about Balanced because they have water from Mount Everest and mud from the Dead Sea, the highest and lowest points on earth. It's a daily reminder to keep balance in your life. And since they're friends of the podcast, they're offering you an exclusive 25% off all game day collection bracelets. Wear the gear the pros are already wearing when you use the promo code PACKERS25 when checking out. Go to loki.com, L-O-K-E. AI.com and use the promo code Packers25 
to take advantage of this amazing deal. Today's show is also brought to you by The Athletic. Great Packers coverage at The Athletic. Look, you go to some of the other sites that cover the, the, the Green Bay Packers, places like the Journal Sentinel, they want you to sign up. They, they want to charge you for great content. This is the model now. So why not get a discount? Locked on Packers listeners can get 40% off their first year subscription at The Athletic. That's just $2.99 a month when you go to theathletic.com slash locked on Packers. And why should you do that? Well, it's all the content you would already want. Great breakdowns, film reviews from Ben Fennel. You've got Michael Cohen and Josh Talentino on the beat. And, and it's not just the Packers coverage. We're in the middle of a Brewers NLCS run. The Bucks season is about to start, and then there's all of the national coverage of all the sports that you're already looking for. Plus, no pop-up ads, no autoplay videos, no garbage, no bogging down your phone when you try and pull up an article and you get a million ads and you can't even read the damn article because there's so much clutter. The Athletic is not like that. So get the discount, 40% off your first year subscription when you go to theathletic.com slash locked on Packers. All right, we're going to have opponent Wednesday tomorrow, crossover Wednesday to talk about the San Francisco 49ers. We're going to do what Mike Pettin says and take Sunday, put it in a box and throw it away because it is done. There's nothing we can do about it anymore. All we can do is push forward to this Monday and the San Francisco 49ers. After that, we'll have even more 49ers talk with Melissa Jacobs and then come back to talk about some Packers, some injury reports, and and a lot of other uh, smart things because Doug Farrar is smart. And I want to bring you smart people because I know a little and I want you to know a lot, and so I got to bring in other people to help supplement my knowledge. But my goal every day here at Locked on Packers is not just to tell you what happened because you already know you watched the game. I want to help you understand why it happened. That is my search every single day, and I want it to be yours too. So let's go in search of the why together. That's what we're going to do here at Locked on Packers. If you ever want to hit me up on Twitter, you should already follow me on Twitter. Let's just start there at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. It would be great if you could leave us a review, uh, if you could... Subscribe to the podcast, tell a friend, share on Facebook, share on Twitter, email, however you want it. Let other people know you're listening to the show and that they might like the show. Always spread the word about the podcast. We are, as I said, the growth of the show has been phenomenal and let's keep, let's keep it up. Let's keep it going. Uh, another week as one of the top NFL shows. We weren't number one this last week. We were number two. So let's get that growth going again. Let's get the listenership back up. I think a win would help. You have been hitting up the Locked on Packers fan hotline. I know that. If you ever want to do that, 920-341-3775. Even if the team loses or if they win, but especially if they lose, you have to stay Locked on Packers. Thanks 
for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.